So we are continuing on in this series called the Red Letter Challenge, as many of you know. If you aren't familiar with this series, it's a series uh, where we are looking at the teachings of Jesus, uh, words of Jesus that in some Bibles are printed in red, and that's why the name is the Red Letter Challenge. And the challenge isn't just to hear those words and understand what it is that Jesus is saying as much as it is to do those words, right? To actually live those words out, to put them into practice. Uh, we've also discovered five principles in this Red Letter Challenge, the principle of being, the principle of forgiving, the principle of serving, which is what I'm going to look at today, the principle of giving, and then the final principle of going, now, two weeks ago, Pastor Mark was here, and he talked about the principle of being, right? He talked about how important it is to be with God, to take time with Jesus each day, to spend time in his word so he can speak to you. Spend time each day throughout the day in prayer so you're communicating with him. But just be in the presence of God. And then last weekend, Pastor Dave was here, and he talked about the second principle of forgiving, and, and not only the fact that God is gracious and forgiving toward us, but that we ought to be just as quick to forgive others, including ourselves. Well, as I mentioned, we're going to look at the third principle today, and that's the principle of serving. In Colossians 3, verse 23, it says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So whatever you do... God says, do it as if you were doing it for him. And, and the way that that happens is alluded to in that passage that we all read together just a moment ago from Matthew 25, where Jesus says in verse 40, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Put simply, you serve God when you serve others. Whether you are here at this church or you are at home with your family, whether you are at school with your teachers and classmates or you're at work with customers or coworkers, whether you are in your neighborhood or your apartment complex, understand, you serve God whenever you serve another person. It's, it's just that black and white. And, and today what I want to do is I want to look at this principle of serving. And I'm going to look at how it plays out in your life. But before I go there, I want to share a couple of benefits that come from serving. Because you want to know these things. First, serving makes life more meaningful. It just does. Whether you are aware of it or not, God wired you in such a way to serve. He created you so that you feel this, you experience this deep sense of satisfaction and meaning whenever you serve. Ephesians 2 verse 10, Paul says, we are God's workmanship, here it is, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That is what God created you to do. So whether you were wandering down an aisle in Giant Eagle or down a hallway in your classroom or whether you are um, you know, working out at the gym or, or just doing work on the job site, when you serve another person, it's as if God opens up a window into your soul and just dumps, and I mean, just dumps all kinds of purpose and meaning into your life. It's as if God is saying, that's why I created you. That's why you experience joy and happiness when you serve. It's because I made you that way. 
In Titus 3, verse 14, it says, God's people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. A lot of people today, they have nothing to show for their lives, right? Because they're only living for themselves. Their focus is inward. It's on themselves. And so they're, you know, they're discouraged, they're bored, they're unproductive. You know, they continue to try to gain I don't know, more success, more money, or whatever it is, but the life is empty. Their life is, is it's miserable. And that's why Jesus says it this way in Mark 8. He says, only those who give their lives away for my sake in the gospel will ever know what it means to truly live. When you think more of others than you think of yourself, when you are willing to give your life away and serve, guess what it does? It makes your life a whole lot more meaningful. So that's one benefit. A second benefit that comes from serving is that, of course, it makes you more like Christ. Seriously, you will never be more like Jesus than when you serve another human being. You just won't. Paul says this in Philippians 2, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Here it is. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. What was the attitude that Jesus had when he was here on earth? Tell me. We've been talking about it all morning. Say it. Servant. Jesus' attitude was the attitude of a servant. He even announces that in these very familiar words in Matthew 20. Jesus says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus' attitude was the attitude of a servant. He came to earth and he served us. He served us that way. He served us by offering his life up on the cross. He served us by taking the punishment and the hell that we rightfully deserve for everything we've done wrong. And the good news is that because Jesus served you that way, by the work of the Holy Spirit and through faith in Christ, you now enjoy God's gifts of grace and his forgiveness, and the promise of eternal life in heaven, and between now and heaven, you enjoy this relationship with God. And it's a relationship that can fill you with power, and hope, and peace, and joy. I mean, it's just amazing. But it's all because Jesus came to serve, and not be served. So even though we live in a world, and we do, we live in a world that says you look after yourself, that's what you do. Jesus says, no, 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 time out, time out. As a follower If you're going to be one of my followers, the question shouldn't be, who's going to meet my needs? But rather, whose needs can I meet? And that's a great question, because honestly, what this self-serving world needs more than anything else are full-service Christians. So understand, okay, when you serve, when you take on the mantle and, and serve other people, it not only adds meaning to your life, but it makes you a whole lot more like Jesus. All right, with that said, let me just kind of dive into how applying this principle of serving plays out in our lives. What does it look like? What does it look like to serve people? And there are a variety of ways. And some of these you may not have even thought of. For example, you serve people when you accept them unconditionally. That's right. Even if it's a complete stranger, you serve that complete stranger when you accept them as they are, okay? Not because you know them, not because they're gonna do some kind of good favor to you in return. You just, you see the person and you serve them whenever you accept them for who they are. No strings attached, warts and all. And that's, that's a big deal 
Okay, and that's, that's important because none of us are perfect. All right, that's what Jamie was talking about. Right? We all are sinners. We all stumble. We all have faults and failures and shortcomings. We all make mistakes. So you serve, you, believe it or not, you serve another human being when you simply accept them for who they are. Paul talks about this in Romans 15. He says, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring, bring praise to God. Now please understand, there is a difference between acceptance and approval. Two very different things. So Pastor Dave was here last week and talked about <clears throat> forgiveness and how that's not the same thing as condoning what that person did to you. Same here. Acceptance is different. You can accept a person without approving of what they are doing with their life. For example, Jesus did not approve of the sinful lives of the people that surrounded him on a regular daily basis, but he lovingly accepted them. Right? He was known as a friend of sinners because he hung out with the riffraff of society, tax collectors, prostitutes, drunks. He was their friend because while he didn't approve of what they were doing, he accepted them unconditionally. And I know right now that, you know, for those of you sitting here, those of you watching online, uh, you might be saying, okay, all right, I got to serve people by accepting them. But Pastor John, <laughs> you don't know some of the people I got to work with, right? You don't know some of those kids that I see at school every week. You don't know some of my neighbors. You don't know some of the people I have to live with. And you're right. I, I don't. It is true. It's hard. It's hard to accept people who are difficult, right? So let me just give you this insider tip. And I've shared this with you, I believe, before, but this really helps. Right? If you want to serve a person so that you can just accept them at face value, warts and all, look, behind, look beyond the behavior and see the hurt. Now, look beyond what is making them obnoxious and arrogant or making them difficult, whatever that might be, and see the hurt. And here's why. People who are hurtful or hurting on the outside are often hurting on the inside. So I'm not saying that you approve of what they're doing. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you can look beyond that behavior and see what they might be going through, what they might be dealing with, right? What, you know, if you try to put yourself in their shoes, it helps. It helps, it helps you to accept them and serve them. So that's just, you know, one way, which you may not have even thought of before, but it is a powerful way to accept another human being, I mean, to serve another human being, and that is to accept them at face value. No strings attached, warts and all, accept them unconditionally. That's a powerful way to serve a person. Second way that you can serve people is you serve them by when you encourage them willing, uh, continually, when you encourage them and lift them up, when you build them up continually, right? You're always lifting them up. First Thessalonians 5 verse 11 says, encourage one another and build each other up. So regardless, regardless of where you're at, what you're doing, who you're with, be an encourager. You want to be a follower of Jesus? Serve people by encouraging them. And here's why I say that. I honestly believe that everybody is either going through a tough time or has a hidden hurt or could just use a lift, right? Seriously, I think everybody is either dealing with some kind of difficulty, wrestling with some kind of pain, or could just use a boost to make their day a little bit brighter. 
And even if they seem to have it all together, honestly, if you encourage them, you'll make their day that much better. Be an encourager. Out of all the people in the world, as Christians, we, you and me, we should have a reputation of being encouragers and not discouragers. In Ephesians 4, verse 29, Paul says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. God says, be different than the rest of the people on this planet. Be an encourager. Right? Support somebody. Lift somebody up so they feel valued, so they feel appreciated. See, when you encourage another person, you serve them in a very special, out-of-the-ordinary kind of way. I was talking to uh, someone not too long ago. He and his young son had gone out for breakfast at a restaurant. And um, while they were there, the waitress spent a lot of time just talking with the little boy. And when she went away to put in the order, the the son looked at his dad and he was all excited. He said, she thinks I'm real. And we kind of chuckled about that. But you know, that is so true, isn't it? Right? When you encourage another human being, and this could be a, it could be a coworker, it could be a teammate, it could be a classmate, it could be a neighbor, a friend, relative. When you encourage them, you are helping them feel real, like they matter, right? They feel valued. So that's another second very powerful way that I don't think we necessarily consider, but a way you can serve another person is just to not only accept them unconditionally, but encourage them continually, okay? Be a, be a person who builds up. Now, there's the third way, and this is the most common way. This is the way we think when we hear the word service uh, or serve other people. This is what we normally think of. You serve people when you help them willingly, right? So these are the actual tangible acts, like all of us who, or those of you who helped with Servant Saturday, okay? Those, those physical, those acts of assistance, um, and, and, and all of that, th- that is certainly um, well, the most common way that's familiar for many of us. But the key word is that last word on the screen. Read that last word with me. Ready? One, two, three. What does it say? Willingly. Willingly. Yes. True acts of service happen when you do it because you want to do it. In Proverbs 3 verse 27 says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. When you serve another human being willingly, joyfully, freely, because you want to do it, guess what? Not only is that an act of service, but it is also an act of worship to God. It becomes an act of worship to God. And it is a witness to that person and anyone else who might happen to see it, okay, that Jesus is in you. You're reflecting Jesus in that moment. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Okay, what does that mean? It means that whenever you serve another person freely, willingly, it counts. And it doesn't matter what that might be. Okay, you could just be helping a friend with some, you know, financial planning. It's like not a big deal. You're serving them. It might be that you're helping a a classmate with a school project. It might be helping a colleague with a a computer program. It might be just uh, going the extra mile for somebody you've never met before. Whatever it might be, when you serve another human being willingly like that, because you want to, it's an act of worship, okay? It's an act of worship to God. It is a witness, and it counts. 
just like it counts when you serve Christ and his church here at Royal Redeemer. And when you came in this morning, you all received one of these orange sheets. Would you go ahead and get this out, please? Go ahead and pull it out. Find it somewhere. Hopefully you didn't wrap your gum up in it or anything like that. But go ahead and pull this sheet out. And, And here's what I want you to do. Okay, I want you to put your name and your email address and your phone number at the top. And you're like, I don't have a pen. Oh, yes, you do. We have pens in front of all those seat backs right now. Yes, you do. So, and here's, and I kind of joke about this, but you know, when you're in a family, you always expect everybody to help pitch in, right? We are the family of Christ known as Royal Redeemer. So we are looking for opportunities for you to serve, right? To do this as an act of worship and as a witness to your other brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, there's a whole list of things that we can show you, but these are the top couple of needs that we really have pressing. Obviously, because of the pandemic, our, serve, our volunteer pool just dropped. Now that we're kind of bringing things back, uh, that's great, but we still have people who are not yet ready to come back. We really could use your help. You know, you can look here on the sheet. For those of you who are watching online, um, you just go ahead and click on the connection card tab. And as you fill that out, like you normally should fill that out, if you scroll down, you'll see the same list of things. And here's what I want you to do. I just want you to check one or two things, okay? Or maybe three. (laughs) But just check a couple of things down where you feel God is, is, is moving you. And, and, you know, we could use help, of course, with greeters, worship assistants, uh, tech team. We will train you. And this is, it's, I know it might seem a little overwhelming, but it, it's really not. It's, it's pretty simple. It's easy to do. Pretty straightforward. We could use help there. Um, we could use help with the Redeemer kids, uh, the Sunday morning children's ministry, nursery helpers. We have families with little toddlers who are busy and they want to, the parents want to engage in worship, but they can't because they got their little toddler. If you could help out with, a, you know, to be a nursery helper or something, volunteer in that way, we could really use your help so that the parents could then engage fully in worship. Um, and, and for these, you know, we're, the hope is that if you can sign up You know, you won't have to, right now we have a number of them that are doing it every week, okay? And that's not fair. So let's encourage, I'm going to encourage you to sign up so that maybe you, if we get enough people, you do it every other month, right? So this is just being part of the family of Christ. Um, we, if you look at that second paragraph there, the vacation Bible school, we could, that's just one week. If we're able to dive in and help us that week, that would be great. We could use help beautifying our campus with building and painting projects, so those are just kind of handyman things. If you're like, I can paint, okay, we could use you. And again, this is just kind of as, a, as needed thing. Uh, we could use you if you have coordination, not coordination, if you have administrative skills um, and you can coordinate projects, we could use you with the Angel Tree program this Christmas. So again, just you know, fill this out and, and, um, and just check one or two or three of these different areas. And, and here's what I want you to do. As you, when you come up for communion at the end of the service, there will be two baskets there. One will be for the offering, and then the other will be, it'll be a square basket. Put it in the square basket. Okay, that's how we're going to collect it. And together, let's just, let's serve, right? Let's serve our Lord, and, and let's do it in a way that we want to do it. Don't do it if you don't want to do it. But do it because you want to, and realize it is an act of worship, and it's a witness to, to those around you as well. Now, you might be thinking, but I don't know where I would fit in. I don't know what I'm good at. 
we can help you there as well. We have these spiritual gift assessments um, th that are available. We have a, there was a link in my weekly update, my last week's, just this past week's update. There was a link there. And if you didn't get it, if you deleted it, um, you can go to our website, click on the events and signups box, click on that. And then as you're looking at the homepage, it's on the top left side. It says weekly update. Click on that. You'll see the link. Click on that, and, and then you'll see the assessment. And it's easy. I've taken it. Um, it takes about uh, five, ten minutes. <clears throat> it's very easy. But here's what I want you to do. You identify your top three gifts, read about them, and then I want you to email Benny Levy. Okay, that's her email address on your screen. Shoot them to her, and then she will put them into your profile. And then when a need arises that matches you and your, your skills, your gifts, we'll connect with you. All right? All right, bottom line, though, is that a third very common way to serve other people is to help them willingly. And when you do it willingly, it's an act of worship to God. And it's a witness to the people around you. <clears throat> Over 100 years ago, the Salvation Army was holding its very first annual international convention. So people all around the world were coming to this thing. And the founder of, of, of Salvation Army, General William Booth, was going to give a uh, speech and, and cast the vision for the Salvation Army for the next 50 years. Well, he got very sick, so he couldn't make it. Uh, so he sent a telegram, and a guy came up to the podium with the telegram. And again, this is the vision for the Salvation Army for the next 50 years. He opens up the telegram. It's one word on it. It's the word others. I would argue that's still the vision that they have. My question is, when people look at you, what would be a word that would come into their mind? What one word? What, would, what one word would describe you, do you think? Is it me, myself, and I, or is it, is it others? We, we want to be more like Jesus, right? And, and we struggle. We're, we're, we're sinful human beings, and we enjoy God's grace and forgiveness but if we're going to be more like Christ, we need to start thinking of others. And again, re re reverting back to that passage from Matthew 25, Jesus says it this way. The king will say, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And you remember the rest of the story. But if we see Jesus saying that to us, we're going to be saying, Jesus, what are you talking about? And he's going to say, you did it to me when you did it to somebody else, to somebody, some of those people that are in around your life. Right? Whenever you served others, it's just as if you were serving me. And I don't think any of us would question the fact that there are people all around us every day throughout the day. You've just learned three ways by which you can serve another person, right? Just accepting them for who they are by encouraging them, you know, lifting, up, lifting them up, and of course, physically or some tangible way, assisting them and helping them. But if they ask you why, they ask you, what gives? Why are you doing this? Tell them why. Tell them my life has just been so radically changed by the love of God that I want to serve others. Tell them. Tell them because Jesus first served me by laying down his life on the altar of the cross so that me and this, this whole sin-broken world could be forgiven and saved. Tell them, because Jesus served me first, I want to serve others. Tell them that. And even if they don't ask, be ready. Because I tell you what, when you start serving people in these, just these three ways, they're going to want to know why. 
So let me just close and challenge you in a couple of ways. Okay, for this week, as we look at this principle of serving, here's the first thing. Start each day with the attitude of a servant. Just wake up and pray, Lord, help me to be like Jesus, right? To have the heart of Jesus, the heart of a servant. Second, be an encourager to help others know that they are appreciated. Words are powerful. Use them to compliment, not criticize, to build up, not tear down. Be an encourager. And then the third thing is sign up and serve Christ Church here at Royal Redeemer. Sign up for you know, one or two items, bring them up right before you come to communion. And, and, uh, and let, together, let's represent the heart of Christ, right? Let's represent the heart of Christ, the heart of a servant. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we don't want to be the same people that we were when we came in. Thankfully, because of your word and the power of your Holy Spirit, we don't have to be. So, Father, please help us to see people the way that you see them. And give us the courage and the strength to serve just as you freely served each and every one of us in Jesus. Bless this series, Lord, and bless us through it. We love you, and we pray this in the holy and precious name of your Son, Jesus, our Savior. Amen.